Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book at home, A Short History of Private Life. When it comes to history, we tend to believe that it only concerns significant events, famous figures, the succession of monarchs, and the rise and fall of dynasties, rather than ordinary people. The author of this book believed so too until he purchased a 150-year-old apartment in the English countryside. This happened to be a former Church of England rectory. During a discussion on local historical and archaeological discoveries, the author suddenly came to realize that even Einstein, a historical figure would have spent a large part of his life thinking about eating, dating, and in his holidays. To a great extent, history is an accumulation of people doing quite ordinary things. One afternoon, the author was playing with salt and pepper shakers, and a thought occurred to him. Why out of all the spices in the world would only these two appear on every household table? Another day, while dressing, another thought occurred to him. Why did all of his suit jackets have a row of buttons sewed on every sleeve? Wasn't this pointless? Then, he wandered from room to room and in his apartment and slowly realized each functional area, facility, and item surely could not have appeared at the very beginning of private home life. When did they in fact appear? And for what reason? As such, the author started to thoroughly research the answers to these questions and came to the decision to write a book about the history of household life. But when he started, he realized that it would not be such a simple book, as each item in the house had such a momentous history. He later wrote that his most prominent finding was that whatever happens in the world, whatever is discovered or created or bitterly fought over, eventually ends up, in one way or another in your house. In other words, houses are museums of history, and there is splendid history hidden behind every single room. The author of this book Bill Bryson is a world-renowned American nonfiction writer, who mainly focuses on travel essays and science books. In recognition of his prodigious literary achievements, Queen Elizabeth awarded him an honorary officer of the Order of the British Empire in 2006. The Times rated him as the most interesting living travel writer in the world. His most famous book A Short History of Nearly Everything which can also be found in our bookie, has been translated and published in more than 50 countries with over 10 million copies sold globally. If a short history of nearly everything explores the universe through a telescope, then this book explores household life through a microscope. Next, let's dive into the history hidden in everyone's house in three parts. Part 1 – The History of the Kitchen Part 2 – The History of the Bedroom Part 3 – The History of the Garden Okay, let's have a look at the interesting history hidden in the kitchen. Did you know that during the first 99% of human history, human beings didn't do much except survive and procreate? For human survival, the most crucial matter is food, and it is the domestication of this food that assures our survival. Humans' domestication of wild plants into staple foodstuffs was a momentous event. Even more interesting, this adaptation occurred independently all over the earth, in different civilized zones, at different times. From China, to the Middle East, to New Guinea, to the Andes, to the Amazon Basin, to Mexico, and to West Africa. 
without any possibility of contacting one another, people had done, without knowing what others in distant places had already done, were doing, or would eventually do. The three great domesticated crops of prehistory were rice, wheat and corn. Today they are still commonly consumed and are indispensable to human life. Take corn as an example. Human domestication of corn can be traced back to the arduous work of Mesoamericans 10,000 years ago. Today, corn starch is widely used in the production of chewing gum, ice cream, preservatives, gunpowder, insecticides, nail polish, talcum powder, and several hundred more items. The importance of corn to our lives has far exceeded what we expected. It can be said that corn is in fact indispensable to humans. To borrow a quote from Michael Pollan, it is not so much that we have domesticated corn as it has domesticated us. Besides the three staples of rice, wheat and corn, other foods such as potatoes, cassava and beans, were cultivated in the Neolithic age, and can be seen everywhere in our lives. Nowadays, even though we have invented various condiments and created numerous cooking techniques, the foods we use are still Stone Age goods. This is a rather interesting aspect of our modern diet. Now, let's move on to condiments. Among them all, salt and pepper have long been cherished and considered essential. Compared to everything we touch and encounter in our homes, nothing can top these two plain condiments when it comes to their connection with bloodshed, suffering, and sorrow. Concerning salt, it is difficult for anybody to live without it due to the rich content of its essential minerals that our bodies need. Historically, in order to preserve foods over a long period of time, humans needed vast quantities of salt to marinate meats. For instance, Henry VIII had 25,000 oxen slaughtered and salted for one military campaign in 1513, which surely required lots of salt. Thus, at the time, salt was a hugely strategic resource. At certain periods, people even have fought wars over it. However, the hardship suffered for salt was nothing compared to that of spices. It is said in this book that a very large part of the history of the modern world is the history of spices. Why would that be? Let's look at this in more detail. The story of spices began with pepper in the 1st century AD. Romans loved pepper, and with the expansion of the Roman Empire, it became an international commodity. Their attachment to pepper kept its price high, and its consumption was thus a symbol of wealth. However, pepper and other spices were produced in the Far East. Through a complicated network of traders, by the time nutmeg and mace reached European markets, they fetched as much as 60,000 times what they were sold for at their place of origin. As the premium for the item was so high, what conclusion did the Europeans come to? Inevitably, they concluded that it would be a lot more financially lucrative to cut out the intermediary traders and get all the spices directly from their place of origin. So began the great age of exploration at the end of the 15th century as the Europeans decided to sail to the Far East. Spain, Portugal, the UK, and the Netherlands sent ships to sea one after another with the initial purpose of reaching the Spice Islands. But, it turned out that such explorations led to an intercontinental exchange of materials and communication among different civilizations. Of all these exchanges, Columbus's voyage proved to be the most historically significant. There is even a historical term called the Columbian Exchange, 
which refers to the transfer of foods and other materials from the New World to Europe, and vice versa. What did they exchange? These were foods, livestock, people, as well as languages, religions, and even diseases. It has been estimated that 60% of all the crops grown in the world today originated in the Americas. Imagine how monotonous our dining table would be without these. By the end of the 16th century, the fight over spices became more intense. In 1599, 80 British merchants who were exasperated by the rising cost of pepper, formed the British East India Company to sell spices themselves. Nobody could have expected that the company would become the heart of the British Empire during the 17th to 19th century. The tea and opium trade controlled by this company utterly rewrote the history of West East trade, of war and of humans. In addition to staples, condiments, and spices, what other history is hiding in the kitchen? In modern kitchens, you will probably find almost all kinds of foods. However, throughout most of our history, many of these foods were indicators of individuals' wealth and status. At the beginning of the 16th century, even though sugar was expensive, people consumed it until their teeth turned black. If their teeth didn't naturally turn black, they artificially blackened them to show how wealthy and marvelously self-indulgent they were. In fact, sugar caused a wave of historical and global social changes in human history. If you're curious how sugar shaped our world today, we invite you to listen to our bookie Sweetness and Power, The Place of Sugar in Modern History. Compared to the Middle Ages, the range and variety of foods was even more dazzling in 19th century Victorian England. A recipe book from this time period casually mentions adding 100 oysters to a pot of gumbo soup just to enhance it. In contrast, the typical dinner of the lower middle classes, such as servants and laborers, consisted of bread or potatoes, a little bit of butter, cheese or bacon, and tea with sugar. During the worst year of a famine in Ireland, 1.5 million people starved to death. Perhaps your impression would be that the Victorian era was the heyday of the British economy and culture, as the country's economy accounted for 70% of the world economy at that time. However, in its domestic social life, Britain at that time not only had huge gaps between the rich and the poor, but also a strict class system. How strict was the division of classes at that time? Bryson mentions a book published in 1864, which described that afternoon tea in one stately home was served in 11 different places to 11 different classes of people. It was a really impressive feat. Even servants were stratified into different classes, each with their own behavioral norms. The butler was the most senior servant, and the laundry maid was at the bottom ring among other servants. The number of servants was a vital indicator of social class and status. They collectively took care of the master's diet and living needs. However, the houses were designed to keep staff out of sight from the household. For example, they would leave some space in the kitchen area for the servants to eat and sleep, and they would build a back staircase on the side of the house just for the servants to pass through. This may seem unbelievable to us nowadays, but don't forget that these events happened just over 100 years ago. That was the first part of our bookie. We talked about the domestication of foods, the spice trade, the evolution of our diet, and the features of the Victorian class system. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. 
To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.